What's going on, everybody? Eagles Nation across the globe. This is the Lockdown Eagles podcast. Louis DiBiase here joining you on this uh, Monday night edition of the podcast. We are recapping a wild opening day of NFL free agency, which doesn't technically start, of course, until Wednesday. But as I said on the show yesterday, when the tampering window opens up at noon on the Monday of the first league year, when players can start to negotiate and, you know, verbal deals can get done, that's when a lot of the giant news happens. Like last year, the Eagles signed Malik Jackson at this time. They traded for Deshaun Jackson. And then on Wednesday, the news was a little bit slower. And uh, Gino Camilleri joining me as always, my co-host. Gino, that was kind of the vibe today was it started off a little bit slow. And then we got into some big trades that happened with the Houston Texans involving DeAndre Hopkins. The 49ers traded DeForest Buckner. We'll get into all of those moves later on here. But there wasn't a lot that had to do with the Eagles. We were kind of slowly just waiting to hear about you know developments within the Byron Jones sweepstakes. And then, what, 40 minutes ago, after Byron Jones unfortunately went to the Miami Dolphins, and we'll also touch on that later on on the podcast, but the Eagles made a giant splash, and it wasn't at the positions you thought. It wasn't for, let's say, Amari Cooper or Robbie Anderson at wide receiver. It wasn't for Byron Jones or James Bradbury at corner, Malcolm Jenkins, Jimmy Ward, you know, Anthony Harris at safety. It was up front. Howie Roseman and Jim Schwartz love their defensive linemen, their pass rushers on the outside and the inside, and they signed defensive tackle slash nose tackle Javon Hargrave, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers, to a mega contract, three years, $39 million. And Gino, again, not the position that I think many people thought the Eagles were going to make a splash in, but considering their philosophy, considering they missed out on a big ticket corner, they had money to spend elsewhere on a big fish free agent at another position. And what do they do? They paired up Fletcher Cox and Malik Jackson with another disrupting force inside when it comes to against the run and pass rushing with a 27-year-old Javon Hargrave. First off, we're going to talk his talk about his position we're not going to use the word nose tackle he at is all not your traditional nose tackle at all no he's not a nose tackle <laughs> it couldn't at be all farther because from they the play truth. an even front and sure. there's no nose tackle in an even front so exactly let's okay, get that exactly. out of the way first off so for the x's and o's people that or for the non-x's and o's people there you go he's not even really a nose tackle no and if you look at his pressure rankings if there's a nose tackle in the history that has put up numbers like this I mean, I'd be hard-pressed to find the guy who has numbers like he had. In 2019, he had the fourth-highest QB hurries in all of the interior defensive linemen in the league at 43. Not many people were hearing about him because he was playing in a two-gap system in Pittsburgh. Also, and that stars, by the way, with like T.J. Watt and Bud Dupree, right? I mean, Exactly, so he, because that's the not the, the role he played in that defense. Like He played the space-making role, let the linebackers get after it. Now, much like they did with Tim Jernigan a couple of years ago, they're taking a player that was in a two-gap system who had high pass rush upside and now putting them in a one-gap system to fit this, quote, fastball player that Jim Schwartz always has loved. What's one way to supplement getting to the quarterback if you don't have guys on the back end? Get guys that can create pressure. And in a passing league, we talked about this how many times, Lou? How do you create pressure? Up the middle. And get quarterbacks the quarterback hate it up the middle the, the most. Yep. They hate pressure up the middle way more than anything else. 
Uh, who just tweeted this? Out? Daniel Jeremiah just tweeted this out. He said he got a text from one personnel exec saying that no surprise to see all these smart teams loading up on defensive line. Man, the Eagles are doing everything inside right in out. You know, inside out. They've signed Hassan Ridgeway and they've signed now Javon Hargrave, two guys that are young. They're both 26, 27 years old. They fit that mold. They're on the healthier side. Ridgeway, unfortunately, went down with that injury last year. But prior, he was relatively healthy. Javon Hargrave has only missed one game in his entire career. You're going to have a fresh four-man rotation of Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, Javon Hargrave, and Hassan Ridgeway. Boy, oh boy, good luck to any interior offensive line that has to defend that for 60 minutes. He hasn't missed a game in three years, which is awesome. That's exactly what the Eagles need, especially a defensive tackle, Gino. It's been underrated how much they've been suffering there because you have Fletcher mm-hmm. Cox. So you're always like, okay, that spot is safe. But next to Fletcher Cox, right, you bring in Timmy Jernigan in 2017, but then he suffers injuries in 2018 and in 2019. Then you bring in Malik Jackson last year. Me and you at this time last year were saying, here's the best player Fletcher Cox has ever played with next to him on the interior. And then in 2020, they do it once again and take another step up. But this time, it's a guy smack dab in the middle of his prime, what he's just turning, like you said, 27 years old. And that's something that they needed. Again, it's not the immediate need of why receiver or safety or corner or linebacker but they needed another young stud defensive lineman because Brandon Graham's in his 30s Fletcher Cox is up there in age as well you got to remember Fletcher Cox now has been in the league for eight years Malik Jackson is over 30 years old on you know a couple years left here of this deal and who knows what his future is after 2020 with the Eagles coming off a serious injury this is something that they really needed it's why me and you have sometimes thrown out the name Javon Kinlaw as a possibility in the first round out of South Carolina as defensive tackle help because, again, it's a future need, but again, with what Jim Schwartz likes to do on this defense, they're, Javon Hargrave, so like, he's not going to be some role player, Gino. You're going to see him out there the majority of the time. I wouldn't yeah. be surprised now in, in wider alignments. You're going to see Malik Jackson almost play probably like a defensive end role like he did in Jacksonville. You're going to see Hargraves, Cox, and Jackson out there at the same time coming after your quarterback, and that is a lot of power, man. That's a lot of power. Yeah, a lot of the sentiment I'm getting around the idea of having Jackson on the field. People had the idea that they were going to cut him. Absolutely not. I mean, I didn't really understand that at all. Like that, it, it, it's insane to think that, especially how Jim Schwartz uses his guys up front and how depleted they have been at that position for how many years in right, a row. Right, they had to go now. to what Anthony Rush last year, and you yeah. know, it was Let's even Hassan go- Ridgeway was a, was a player that. He was you know, more so seen as depth, and who else? Mm-hmm. I mean, we could name the, the carousel of defensive tackles last year. Who was the Akeem Spence, right? He played a little bit. So there's a lot yeah. of names that have played there. Let's we need not stability. go down that road again. Yeah, exactly. So I, I, I like exactly what they're doing right now because, yeah, you don't have the flashiest edge guys in the world, but you have guys that are going to work hard and get those get those pressures and that's exactly what they need and you want pressure up the middle more than ever in this NFL and this is a pretty decent edge class to get some speed I mean now you're talking could Kalevon Chiazon just fall to you at oh, 21 and you just take him a, oh I would that would be so tempting it would be and like now you're probably gonna again you're gonna need receiver you're gonna need corner but I was thinking actually do you know this exact thought right when they signed Hargrave I'm saying okay, they've got the power, they've got the motor, right, with Barnett and Graham. Mm -hmm. Get me, even if it's not in the first round, even if it's not a Shazon, 
get me in the second or third round one of those athletic explosive mm. upside pass rushers like a Joshua Uchi of Michigan or uh, Daryl oh Taylor God, of Are Tennessee. You, oh. Or uh, who's the guy from that? Alabama now that they just met with? Terrell Lewis. Like, get me one of those raw players like Josh Sweat and let me mold him along with these power guys. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, you're right on the right track because, Lou, it's not just about, like, getting two defensive tackles and two defensive ends anymore that's not what the NFL is like look at this rotation they already have let's just go down the list right now we'll go from end to end and we'll we'll hit every guy that they have you have Brandon Graham he's your high motor guy he's going to get you those uh pressures both at the three tech and the five tech and he's a leader let's not just say he's just some because I feel like I do no not you I feel like I do this sometimes where I kind of almost group Brandon Graham in with the motor like role players and I that's not fair he's He's an elite elite pass rusher (laughs) yeah I mean he's elite at that trade efficiency absolutely and so you have those two type of guys in Derek Barnett and Brandon Graham you have this type of speed slash hybrid guy in Josh Sweat you now have a speed guy that you can move inside and out in Jannard Avery as well you don't know what Sharif Miller is right now that's just a net another uh person in your arsenal and then you have those four guys we already mentioned up front that can all get to the quarterback you can now throw out how many different looks at them I mean you could go mm-hmm. Brandon Graham with Fletcher Cox Javon Hargrave and then a speed guy and Josh Sweat on the other side if you draft a speed element like if you throw Josh Uche out on there in sub packages with uh, Brandon Graham Malik Jackson Javon Hargrave and Fletcher Cox and then throw if you draft Uche or throw Jannard Avery in the A or B gap those possibilities are absolutely endless. And now that you threw that Uche out idea out there, I'm I'm all in on that because you, he just is a, the, the exact type of rusher you would want in this system. Exactly. That's that's what I'm looking for next year on the defensive line. And I know people don't get me wrong, and we're going to get into it in segment two. I'm really bummed about the Byron Jones news. You know, I'm worried about that secondary. But if you can't get the cream of the crop there. How do you help supplement that? Why don't you just bolster up your defensive line? I mean, you won a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby as your corners. Not saying that that should be the strategy again, but because you had such a strong pass rush, that did help mask the lack of coverage. So again, it's a it's a give-and-take thing where the secondary helps the pass rush and the pass rush helps the secondary. So Javon Hargrave, he's going to, I mean, Gino, he's going to be a huge help for this defense. Once again, he's not even a nose tackle like Memphis you said. but huge. He is yeah, a He's a, oh, a 6'2", dude. 305 pounds. I, I instantly, even just his basic stats, because I heard nose tackle getting thrown around, and I wasn't super familiar with him as a player. I knew he was a stud, but... You know, interior defensive lineman from Pittsburgh wasn't totally familiar with him. He wasn't on my radar. Instantly just pulled up. I just wanted to see basic stats. What am I working with here? And I said, nose tackle. The guy had 60 combined tackles. He had four sacks Mm. in 2019. The previous year, 49 tackles and six and a half sacks. That doesn't sound like a, who was the guy that Chip Kelly signed from the Dolphins in 2013, 2014 with the long hair, the Samoan guy Sopolaga or something? I can't I can't remember. Oh, his Isaac Sopolaga. Yeah, from, something no, like, not something from like the that. Dolphins. He came from the 49ers yeah, and then he so ended up he, in New England. Not, yeah. He's not your space eater. Yes, that's exactly who I'm thinking of. This isn't that kind of player, like you said. He's not Haloti Nada. Like, no, he's not Haloti Nada. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. He's so. more like if you took Tim Jernigan and added thirty pounds to him mm-hmm. type of and player. And added maybe like, a little better pass rushing repertoire. 
and a little bit better as a run stuffer as well. Right. Because, I mean, now you have the ability to have two guys that are plus 300 pounds that are both very good run stuffers in Fletcher Cox and Hargrave, and then add in the fact that they're both very good at getting after the quarterback. You just have the best of both worlds. You take away the idea of predictability and what you're going to do in your pass and rush defensive sets when you have this many different type of players to throw out there. It's going to be the best thing you can ask for in a Schwartz defense that still right now doesn't have that person that could cover, but it doesn't really matter if you're going to have this many fresh guys that can in a very good to elite fashion, get after the quarterback time and time again. Well, and Gino, another reason Hargrave is he's not just going to help out, you know, your secondary, but this is a team right now that has Nate Geary at linebacker and Hmm. TJ Edwards and not much else. And I don't know what their plan is there. Um, Nick Kwiatkowski of the Chicago Bears signed a pretty big deal today with the Las Vegas Raiders. He was somebody on my radar. Uh, the Packers signed Christian Kursky, another guy I really liked. Camus Grugier-Hill sent out a farewell post to the city of Philadelphia on Instagram. So although I really wanted him back, maybe he's even out of the Eagles' price range. So when we're, we're, we're focusing on the run game, because we've talked a lot about the pass rush here on defense and Hargrave's impact there, but... That's the other thing is if you're going to be weaker at linebacker even this year compared to last year, it's going to be really nice that you have just studs on your interior of the defensive line that you know are going to help out that second level. We uh, really got after Malik Jackson last offseason for his inability to protect the run, and then what does Howie Roseman do? He goes out and gets another fastball-type player that is a very good run stuffer, so it's kind of funny how things work themselves out, but it's that's a quality signing. It wasn't somebody I thought would be a real option. I thought he would get priced mm-hmm. out of that range. I, I now think that Timmy Jernigan is a happier person because I think his price goes up because of this deal. Sure, yeah. But at, this, but at the same time, you didn't break the bank to get a guy that's going to create a lot of pressure. I, I saw somebody tweeted at you the idea of trying to trade for Yannick Ngakwe, which I think was crazy because you were going to have to break the bank for a player like that. But now you just – you have gone – quality over like a big quantity sign I would say like you didn't throw a lot of dollars at this but you got a lot of efficiency out of this type of player in Javon Hargrave who now can just get after the quarterback much like Tim Jernigan did when he left Baltimore to come here you saw his upside he had a great transition into the system Schwartz's system is very friendly for guys in the interior because they have one goal get pressure on the quarterback and when you're 305 pounds six foot two and have the motor and the ability to maintain a base and have that overall power that Javon Hargrave has whoo who are they going to double on that interior Lou best <laughs> yeah, of I luck know, trying to scheme that up absolutely and look the Eagles defensive line last year it was inconsistent so again there are bigger needs for this roster but there was work to be done up front and Javon Hargrave I know it's not a flashy position and that's why maybe some people guys that fit needs for two to three years down the road. Yeah, this is exactly that. Exactly. And I know that again, it's not a flashy position, so it may not seem like such a massive signing, like signing Byron Jones, Jones would have been, or, you know, a stud wide receiver, but 
This is a big fish free agent, if you ask me. This is Howie Roseman going after a Tier 1 player. And he had that ability, unfortunately, because they did strike out on Byron Jones, that did give you the flexibility to shell out $40 million for a defensive tackle. Because if you did sign Jones, Geno, I probably think that this deal doesn't get done. But because mm-hmm. they had now more money to spend, they looked elsewhere for a big free agent. And I, I really think wide receiver, it's going to be heavily centric on the draft, or draft-centric excuse me, um, and I think linebacker they just really don't care about. So I think the next position or unit that they would invest this much money in was the defensive line. 100%. I mean, that's what this defense is made of is guys that can get to the quarterback in a fast time period and just look at pressure numbers for everybody that they had on their line. Malik Jackson had high pressure numbers when they signed him. Fletcher Cox, that's what he makes his money on. That's why they paid him as such. And Javon Hargrave is the same thing. Brandon Graham, we talk about how he's not a high sack guy, but what does he produce at a high level, Lou? Pressure. And that's what this defense is made of, and that's what they're going to continue to invest in for the long term. I mean, you now have a very, very good core on your defensive line. You can now have the ability to go out and possibly add another speed rusher, if you will, another guy that's maybe undersized that maybe wouldn't be a full-time guy. But now that you have this ability to have three solid run stuffers on the field with Graham or Barnett, or, I mean, even if you bring back Vinnie Curry now, you have three guys that can stop the run, and then you throw a speed rusher opposite of them. I think the the possibilities are limitless now. I, I love what they're doing for Schwartz's scheme. Now you just got to protect the back end, and that's where the question marks come into play. And that's what we'll get into coming up next right here on Lockdown Eagles. But, Gino, just to put a wrap on the uh, takeaways of this big Javon Hargrave signing, they're investing a lot of money. They're certainly investing in that position. $17 million annually for Fletcher Cox, which is number one among four three defensive tackles in the NFL. Javon Hargrave, $13 million annually, which is fifth. Malik Jackson, $10 million annually. So what's that? Uh, to do my math here, that's... $40 million that I don't they're have investing. A calculator right now. <laughs> That's $40 million that they're investing on the interior. They're paying three guys top 10 money at that position. So uh, clearly that's their way. philosophy. Like before we get off this topic, yeah. like, look at what the going rate is for like a top-tier uh, defensive end. I mean, what is Khalil Mack getting paid? Oh, they're getting like, paid like quarterbacks. Yeah, so you have to think of it like that. Like, Not only are you getting three players that have very good numbers – but you're also not overpaying at another position, which by the law of supply and demand, much like we saw in the offensive tackle market today, defensive end is the same way. Like if you were going to go out and pay Jadavian Clowney or pay Yannick Ngakwe, you're going to pay him $21, 22000000 You now are only paying $18 million more to guys, to three guys that will probably give you, what, triple the amount of pressures as a single mm-hmm. player would? Yeah, exactly. And the the best part, Gino, is... The last thing I'll say, you look around on Twitter, on football Twitter, you look at the legitimate football guys, the X's and O's, people that really know what they're watching on the film. Um, You Mm -hmm. even look at just Steelers Twitter in general. They were pretty upset that the Steelers did not retain Hargraves. They all say this player the Eagles got is an absolute star. He's he's a star on the interior. So that made me feel really good. Mm -hmm. I agree. I mean, I've watched him. I I knew what he was. I'm... Glad that they Yeah, your excitement got me juiced up instantly when you texted me. I'm like, all right, this is a this is a big signing. Yeah, he I mean, we talked about the possibility of adding a guy like Javon Kinlaw in the draft to fill this exact role. And they did that. 
So I'm happy. I mean, it's not the Byron Jones signing that we wanted, but hey, Howie Roseman always makes me double check and go back and look. Brandon Brooks, for example, Rodney McLeod, for example, guys that at first glance, it may not be the flashiest name in the world, but it fits a need. And I trust Howie Roseman. I think this is an excellent sign. I think this is an under the radar sign. I think he got good value as to what the market plays out. And good luck being an offensive coordinator, having to defend against that defensive <laughs> That's right. line. That's all I am thinking right yeah, now. Yeah, if your quarterback's not mobile, good luck, my friend, because there's going to be a <laughs> yeah. lot of pressure coming at your feet. So Howie Roseman, though, we got to trust that he's going to build back up this defensive backfield. And without Byron Jones, it's going to have to be done because he is headed for South Beach. We'll get into that and more as we recap this day one of NFL free agency. The tampering window officially opening up today at noon. And there was a lot of news across the league, including the Eagles making the latest big splash across the league, signing former Steelers defensive tackle Javon Hargrave to a three-year deal worth $39 million. Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri joined you don't go anywhere this is locked on eagles all right everybody welcome back in louis dibiase and gino camilleri recapping day one of nfl free agency we got into the eagles big signing of defensive tackle javon hargrave in segment one the eagles interior defensive line looking really good with fletcher cox malik jackson and hargrave however a big reason they were able to do that gino was because i think their top priority this offseason the top player they wanted to help save this cornerback position, a position that I'm just dying to get. Just give me one stud corner. Maybe not even a stud. Just give me one really dependable corner that I I don't have to worry about him on the field at all times. And they were hoping that was going to be in the form of Byron Jones, the former Dallas Cowboys cornerback. But he signed a pretty big deal with the Miami Dolphins. Five years, $82 million, $40 million in the first two years. So, really disappointing. This was a player that me and you really wanted. He's smack dab in the middle of his prime. He's athletic. He's versatile. You can play him man on man, have him shadow uh, you know, a team's best receiver, speed receiver, their best tight end. Um, and the Eagles just, they were in it though. The thing is, they were in it. Reports say that they were right there with Miami when it comes to money, but Jones wanted out of the NFC East. No state tax in Florida. So not as big of a deal though annually as I thought he'd get. You know, he got $16 million per year. So it does make sense the Eagles were in on that, but uh, you can't really blame Roseman. Jones, that just sounds like it was down to the Dolphins and Eagles. And uh, he just was really looking for a change of scenery in Florida. From everything I'm hearing, it's it comes down to two things: was the money, and I mean, living in a state that doesn't have state income tax, it, it's a great. Especially thing. when it's here, South Beach, so you know. Yeah, here in New York, we don't have that luxury in the slightest. No, we but do not. Either in Philadelphia, so unfortunately, they're missing on him. But that's why that the term isn't as high as you would think. And hey, man, it's nice to be able to go out there and have a fresh pocketbook like Miami has done, and I think they've done a very good job. I think they've addressed a lot of needs. They go out and sign Kyle Van Noy as well. I don't think the Eric Flowers move is the greatest, but it does fill a need for them. It, it, it's, it sucks. It really does, but it happens. It's business. We've seen it time and time again, and like you said, they haven't really made these these splash signings in how long, and people didn't want them to pay that big money, and they fortunately didn't. So you're not stuck in this big money contract deal. I, I agree that I would have paid him, but... I hey, there's nothing you can do when a guy wants to get a fresh start outside right. of the NFC East, which is, I heard was a high motivator for him. So, hey, he, he's out of the NFC East, which is good. We don't have to worry about him covering Zach Ertz. 
And I, I think in the grand scheme of things, Dell's got a lot worse today. So that's true. That's, hopefully now they sign Jalen Mills to, uh, or hopefully Dallas. Let's get them Ronald Darby. That that would be cool. I'd like Deshaun Jackson I mean, going up against Ronald Blake Darby Jarwin next year. for. Like top <laughs> right. five They're prioritizing what was it? Running back, tight end, and uh, linebacker over quarterback, receiver, and corner. So love what the Cowboys are doing. Yeah, but I don't accept. I don't like when people kind of. I saw some people going after Howie Roseman after this signing because th- somebody called him the Danny Ainge of the NFL, where he's always linked with the big fish free agent or like the top get star available for a trade, and then they never go through with it. I don't really accept that identity or that label with Roseman because I don't think his philosophy has ever since 2011 at least since the dream team and when he came back as this you know new version of Howie Roseman as the GM after Chip Kelly got fired in 2015 his philosophy was never really going after that top tier player it was always the tier two guy like Rodney McLeod or Malcolm Jenkins or Brandon Brooks right the Alshon Jeffries Mm -hmm. the Jordan Howards of the world it wasn't the Le'Veon Bell's you know, those kinds of players. Um, So that, yeah, that has been his philosophy. He's not someone that's just always swinging and missing. But at the same time, I also don't think he's, you know, camera shy. I don't think he's someone that's afraid to go after those players because he was in on Byron Jones, Gino. He apparently was right there financially with the Dolphins. But as you said, Jones was just looking to get out of the NFC East. So if you're Roseman, you kind of got to just throw your hands up in the air. You can't always blame a team for not getting a player. If there was interest, I mean, it it takes two to tango. You can offer all the Mm -hmm. right value. You can offer all the right draft picks or money. But if a player just chooses not to come to your team, it's not always your fault. There's only so much you can do. 100%. I don't think there's any more to be said about that matter. It just comes down to what he wanted and... Now it's on to plan B, and I think how he's done a good job so far with his two signings that he's had between Ridgeway and now Javon Hargrave. I mean, you let Big V walk, you're going to get a pretty substantial comp pick from that, seeing that more free agents will probably leave, seeing that Camus has wished his goodbyes to Philly and Corey Clement wasn't tendered. So we could probably see a lot more moves coming. It's unfortunate that you can't have everybody. I mean, that would be great if it was uncapped, but there is a salary cap. And if Howie's not comfortable with going above that price, he's a sensible guy. He's never been a guy that goes out and just throws the pocketbook to the wind. He's a guy that takes precautious measures in everything he does. He's been calculated. I'm sure he tried everything in his power to get Jones here within the number that he wanted. But, hey, sometimes you just can't do anything to fix it. But... I believe there are other moves that you can go out and make. I believe a Prince of Mukamara wouldn't be a bad sign for one or two years. Same thing with Chris Harris. Even the idea of trading for Darius Slay is still out there. I mean, who knows what can happen? DeAndre Hopkins was freaking traded for David Johnson today. <laughs> who, what, anything can happen in the NFL. That's true. I, I, I do wonder what their plan now is at corner, what their plan B was. It, it could very well be Darius Slay. I'm not sure. I, I Look, Darius Slay would be instantly the best corner the Eagles have had in the past 10 years. Don't get me wrong. Uh, 29 years old. But 
he would cost a second or third round pick and a nice new contract extension. I wouldn't hate it, don't get me wrong, because I'm just looking for stability at that position now. I'm just looking for talent, so I'll take it in any form that they can get. And, you know, the salary cap isn't something that I'm going to always be concerned about because Roseman is so good at managing it, and it's something that increases every year. What did our guy Zach Morphum over the cap say, Gino, that next year, what, there could be a spike in cap space for each team by, like, what, 40, 30, 40 million dollars? Yeah, it could be close to like 250. So I'm cool with Darius Slay. I mean, don't get me wrong, but I also think maybe they're looking at now, as you mentioned, a tier two, tier three kind of option, and more so maybe prioritize it in the draft. Maybe you go with, like you said, Prince of Mukamara, and then round one or round two you go corner. Or Chris Harris, there's also Logan Ryan is still on the open market. Uh, Brashad Breland from the Kansas City Chiefs. Sidney Jones is starting at cornerback next year. Just, Uh, Just putting it out there. I know you still believe. I, I believe. I believe too. I do want to believe. My guy Razul Douglas has no chance anymore, but I still believe in him as well. Um, Desmond Trufant too, though. Gino was a name we weren't really thinking of, and he might be somebody available too from the Falcons. So there are. I think options people are still. giving him a lot of crap for being in a bad defense. I yeah. think like he's getting a lot of. We we gave Byron Jones like the same treatment with the zero interception thing that they're giving Desmond Trufant with all these like his passer rating against. He gave Dude. the Eagles fits last year, two interceptions. <laughs> on once Atlanta was bad last year in every stretch of the imagination don't get me wrong he would well, he's be also had to deal with his secondary getting I mean Keanu Neal De- I mean how many times do key players on that defense have like season-ending injuries over the past three years yeah it's a shame I mean he'd be a solid low-cost option I mean Kendall Fuller's out there who there's plenty of options I mean a lot of these guys are like short-term deals right you know two yeah. years I think I think the idea of getting that long-term guy is gone out the window but I think they still hit that with Javon Hargrave if they would have gone and like did something the Bears did and signed Jimmy Graham for two years for 16 million dollars I would be questioning it but they put their assets and their resources into a guy that fits that same mold he's 27 coming off of his first contract looking to get into a system that fits him better what did they exactly do? The guy wasn't Byron Jones. They got Javon Hargrave. I mean, they still fit everything we wanted them to do in their free agent acquisitions. Every box that we wanted checked, that was it, besides the fact that he doesn't play corner. I am glad they did not go out and do what the Giants did and hand James Bradbury a three-year deal worth $45 million. Oh, no, I think that's the you. one. I was nervous that maybe if this did happen and Byron Jones kind of pulled the rug out from underneath them, they would panic. And I mean, I should give Howie Roseman more credit than that, but I was thinking they are so invested in fixing this defensive backfield that maybe that's something they would do. Luckily the giants were the team to do it in our division. 100%. And I heard they had interest in Blake Martinez as well. Uh, Good luck with that. (laughs) I mean, the giants are doing everything we want them to do. Dallas really hasn't done anything yet besides give Jarwin that big contract and Washington's just they're Washington along like (laughs) they're just doing the same thing they always do really so if you had a choice between let's say uh Desmond Trufant Logan Ryan Chris Harris Brashad Breland and Prince Amukamara is there a favorite for you in that group because I think Darius Slay is obviously the the top guy now available but if you had to choose between those I mean I don't want to throw Xavier Rhodes in there right he's kind of He's pretty yeah, shot. That's kind of like a non 2.0 <laughs> thing, right? I mean, maybe Trey Waynes is like a low-cost option. Yeah. Like give him like a one-year prove-it type thing. Um, I like the idea of Brashad Breland. I'm talking myself I, yeah. into that this week. He has pretty good ball skills, honestly. I mean, I think he's just always been thrown at too much. Just he's been on unfortunate circumstances. But 
you're not going to get the guy that you wanted. I, I think there's still low-cost options I'm taking over Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby. Like, I agree. I'm That's those guys not the walk. move I'm making. I, yeah, there's no... Again, it would have to be a disaster scenario where I consider even one of them. Of course, the Eagles defensive coordinator still is J- uh, Jim Schwartz, so we do have to consider that. But Jalen Mills Jaylen actually, Mills always. Uh, Jalen Mills, no matter what, my friend, but he is seeing interest from other teams, actually. I guess the Detroit Lions uh, showed interest in Mills. The Eagles free agents are, they're, they're gaining some interest. Vinny Curry actually is getting interest from the New York Jets, um, and so a couple players that I don't expect to be back with Philadelphia next year but Byron Jones unfortunately not going to be with the birds so again there's still plenty of options out there in free agency and you got to remember too they've got right now seven picks in the first four rounds of the NFL draft you know I think the draft is something Howie Roseman's really looking at this year and saying he's got to nail that class and really build this roster the core now and down the road through that I just I, I can feel the the vibe with the Eagles right now is we're going all in on this year's draft so let me let me ask you something. Now that we didn't get Byron Jones, mm-hmm. would you be okay with them paying or maybe even overpaying for Robbie Anderson to solidify wide receiver to allow them to go out and get a round one cornerback? Yeah, I would be. And even if they didn't do that, even if they still brought in someone like Brashad Perriman, let's say, I would still be okay because I'm such a big fan of this wide receiver class that if you get Perriman, I even did this in my offseason simulation actually. Um, I went corner first round. I went with Christian Fulton out of LSU, and I took K.J. Hamler in round two, and that's what I went with. I went with Hamler, Deshaun, Perriman, and then Greg Ward and J.J. So if you pay Robbie Anderson, I'm, I'm, I'm cool with that. I'm Again, I'm confident enough in what there is in the draft in day two and what they have in the pool right now still that I, I'd be okay with taking something other than receiver in round one. I would actually almost prefer yeah, it. If, or even if, safety. I mean, Yeah, or safety. If Xavier McKinney's there, to me, Gino, if, if I can't get Ruggs, Judy, or, um, who am I forgetting, C.D. Lamb, then I'm almost looking to trade down if I really want a receiver day one, or I'm looking to take one day two, like a Brandon Ayuk or, or a Hamler, or maybe Jalen Rager. Absolutely, and you're. I'm hoping that one of these defensive players falls. I mean, I mentioned Chiazon. I would love if he fell... I mean, if you get a guy like one of the top safeties like McKinney that falls, that would be great, or Delpit, and then one of the top corners too, Mm -hmm. I I think you're going to have the ability to to now be free at one of those positions. And really, what does your offense need at this point in time? You need speed, of course, so go out and get Robbie Anderson, and then get a guy like Van Jefferson day two or Brandon Ayuk day two, like one of these very good route running guys that you could plug and play systematically and still have JJ on the other side and Deshaun, and you would just have everything you wanted. And I, I think that is a more realistic route to take than going out and gambling on one of these cornerbacks unless you want to go and get Darius Slay. Like, if you're going to still get Chris Harris, you still need a young guy to develop. If you're going to get Amukamara, he's not a long-term guy. You need a guy to develop. So why not get a guy in Robbie Anderson who you've wanted for how long now and you've done your homework on and you know he fits in your offense and then go get a cornerback in the draft and it frees you up. You're not pigeonholed to go and have to take a wide receiver. Yeah, I'm not really... I can. I'm very open to to anything at this point. I'm not married to any one set philosophy of how to build this team right now. But I think that you're pretty much hitting it dead on. Where you're not going to find your CB one now in 
before the draft, unless to me it is Darius Slay. I think now, no matter what, if it is a Mukamara, if it's a Breland or, um, you know, one of those kind of players, I think that, you know, even a Chris Harris or a Desmond Trufant, those aren't long-term CB1s. Now, Mm -hmm. to me, without Byron Jones, that's going to come in round one, or it could even still be in day two in the second round. I mean, if you take, if Jeff Gladney were to fall, or I think A.J., Terrell could be somebody out of Clemson that could eventually turn into that player for you or Damon Arnett from Ohio State. So I think that's the route they're going to have to take. Robbie Anderson, though, you're kind of – I haven't really thought about – I've kind of been convinced they're going to more so go with an, uh, a lower-tier signing at receiver. But now that they didn't make that big splash at corner, I could uh, I could see Robbie Anderson coming to Philadelphia. But that's the thing. We've got – this is only day one. Tomorrow, I'm sure there's going to be more news, and Wednesday is the official you know, opening day of NFL free agency, so the Eagles aren't going to stop just at signing Javon Hargrave. Me and Gino got to hit one more break right here on Lockdown Eagles. When we come back, we'll take a, a quick trip around the league. I want to get into some of the crazy trades that happened, uh, including DeAndre Hopkins is switching teams and DeForest Buckner. Don't go anywhere. Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri joining you. We'll be right back. All right, this is Lockdown Eagles, a Monday edition of the podcast. What's up, everybody? Louis DiBiase and Gino Camilleri recapping day one of NFL free agency. Gino, the Eagles weren't the only team uh, making some splashes day one. There were some much bigger ones, actually. And let me just say, I, I hope he never gets fired because he brings me so much joy, just so much laughter. And he makes Chip Kelly <laughs> seem like the best front office you know, guru of all time. Bill O'Brien today of the Houston Texans manages to trade DeAndre Hopkins and a fourth-round pick to the Arizona Cardinals for an overpriced, injured, often injured, brittle running back in David Johnson. They get, yeah, they get a second-round pick, so they move up two rounds this draft, and all they get in addition to that is an extra fourth-round pick next year. So Bill O'Brien shipped off an elite wide receiver that's only 27 years old and a fourth-round pick to take on an entire salary that is David Johnson after you traded for Duke Johnson and Carlos Hyde last year. And all you get is a second-round pick this year, so you jump up two rounds and you get an additional fourth. I mean, this really does bring me back to 2015. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, to think back at the bad trades in the last five years, you'd have to think this Sam Bradford. And oh, my gosh. You'd have to think uh, LaShawn McCoy, and this has got to yeah, be relatively right. close. Fortunately, the Eagles weren't a part of it, but, man, what is Bill O'Brien doing? I oh, don't know. That's, he loves I, I'm his so running happy backs, we have Howie Roseman. I know. It really does make you appreciate the Eagles front office way more when you see this. He just has no sense of value. I mean, and he also just, it, it seems like there there's no path for what Houston wants. Last year, it seems like they're going all in on the now, right? They give up multiple first and second round picks for Laramie Tunsil and Kenny Stills, but then they trade Jadavion Clowney for nothing, for peanuts, and then they trade DeAndre Hopkins. So you, it seemed like they were going all in on winning now, by trading away all their draft picks, but then they trade away all their stars and they're left with no draft picks. <laughs> yeah, best of luck it's to masterful. them. I don't know what they're going to do. It's absolutely but... masterful. Do you yeah, think that know. they shopped them around? Let me, real quick, do you think the Eagles even had a shot at DeAndre Hopkins? I think they did, but I don't think they had a player that apparently Bill O'Brien wanted. Like, I, I, I don't know I know. What I, really that do guy... think, I really do think he wanted Johnson that bad. You'd have to believe. You would have to believe so. If they really thought that he was that big of an improvement 
over DeAndre Hopkins. I don't know what they're thinking, but hey, power to them. Now Arizona just looks like a very scary team in the NFC. DeAndre Hopkins, Kenyon Drake, Christian Kirk in year three, Larry Fitzgerald still. I still really like Hakeem Butler and Andy Isabella. That's a, that's, a, that's a pretty scary offense. You know what this does help too, Gino? This actually helps the Eagles because I think they were a prime candidate, Arizona that is, to take CeeDee Lamb or a, or a top receiver. So if you're somebody that still believes the Eagles have a shot. I think both of these big uh, trades did yeah. today. Oh, right, because then you look at, what, the 49ers traded DeForest Buckner to the Indianapolis Colts for the 13th overall pick. See, I don't know, though. I know they are a trade-back candidate because they have no picks day two or three, but I think Kyle Shanahan would salivate at the idea of Ruggs, Judy, or Lamb in that offense. So I'm kind of back and forth with that. I agree, but at the same time, I think Indianapolis yeah. had a way better chance of taking a wide receiver. That's, oh, that's with a that fair pick. point. Yeah, I didn't even think of that. The Colts did. That's the only reason I say that. No, that's true. So I, that was another trade that surprised me. But they, San Francisco, signed uh, Rick Armstead to a big contract, so they chose him uh, over Buckner. But so some some crazy some crazy trades today too. Gino, you know, Howie Roseman. He was the first one doing it, and now it's fun. You never used to see this in the NFL where there'd be these kinds of trades exchanging big names. Like, a 27-year-old DeAndre Hopkins should never get traded. For that, I Especially mean... Especially <laughs> for that. Like, maybe if it's a couple first-round picks, but David Johnson and a second and an additional fourth, and you had to give them a fourth. That's the worst part. That's the most demeaning part. You also had to ship them a fourth-round pick. Yeah, I don't want to be in a, involved in any trades like that, but I think one of the trades that went kind of under the table was the Calais Campbell deal to Baltimore. I know, Baltimore's I think that is, that is one of the best deals I've ever seen. They I mean, also got Michael Brockers a, today. They they kept Judon. Mm-hmm. The Ravens, I'm telling you, they're going to stay atop the league next year. That's a market inefficiency trade to the T. And when I was going through the Scouting Academy the first time in the film course, Dan Hatman, who... Of course, mm-hmm. he's connected with the Eagles as he was the former head of uh, player personnel there. He said that the Tim Jernigan trade was like the perfect example of market inefficient tre- of inefficiencies in the NFL right. because they didn't even have to give up a pick to get a player. All they did was swap picks, and they got a guy that would go on to be essential in their run to the Super Bowl. And now look at what the Ravens are doing. They just went from being close to competing for a Super Bowl and increasing the weak part of their defense. That's what you have to do as a good team in the NFL. Speaking of the Ravens, Gino, they got as much value back for Hayden Hurst, who they sent over to the Atlanta Falcons today. They basically got the same thing back, the Ravens did, as the Texans did for DeAndre Hopkins. So if you're trying to confirm that this was a terrible trade for the Texans, the other trade today involving a skill position player confirms it. Yeah, Hayden Hurst should never garner a second-round pick, and DeAndre Hopkins should garner probably 15 second-round mm-hmm. picks. But I don't get it, especially when you have DeAndre Hopkins. I, I don't understand I guess that. it was just that they had a run-in multiple I mean, times yeah, on the sideline. It, it was Sean such a chip, Watson, I apologize. Right. It was such a Chip Kelly move for Bill O'Brien where I think the minute they had run-ins, he was looking to ship him out of town. And I think he found mm-hmm. the, the best, the quickest offer that he could find. And he, you know, he took it. So if I'm the Texans, though, I think that's crazy. I would have fired Bill O'Brien way before I let him even sniff around trading Deshaun Watson's elite wide receiver one. I mean, that is just, if Howie Roseman ever did that, I, that would be 
you know, absolutely crazy. I mean, um, we saw it with Chip Kelly. Yeah, we did. No, that's true. He shipped out to Sean Jackson and LaShawn McCoy and let Jeremy Macklin that's why walk. why you so. don't give your head coach player personnel co- responsibilities. I think that's uh, that's maybe why I'm enjoying seeing that because now it's from an outside perspective. It's really like, oh, man, that really was – because it makes you really think that – holy cow, that really was a dumpster fire what Chip Kelly did that final year in Philadelphia because you see another player doing it or another another coach doing it and you're seeing the result. It's, it's, it's absolutely crazy. All right, we got to end this show, but we will be back tomorrow. Trust me, me and Gino are coming back because I'm sure there is more news to drop as NFL free agency is officially underway. Well, not officially. Wednesday is the official uh, opening, but the tampering window is open, and that's really when the fun begins. So make sure you subscribe on any podcast platform or on LockedOnEagles.com. And, of course, me and Gino, probably right after the show, going to hop on Twitter and talk more birds. So follow us at DiBiaseLOE and at Gino underscore LOE. For Gino Camilleri, I'm Lou DiBiase signing off. As always, thank you for downloading, thank you for listening, and let's go birds. Fly, Eagles, fly.